Man, what a wild weekend, folks. Uh, if you're like me, just kind of sitting back on the couch, hand in your pants, maybe a little spacey, maybe a lot spacey. Um, man, what an enjoyable Saturday night of fights. I mean, we're talking violence all night. Definitely not the fight card. It's definitely a hardcore, a hardcore fans fight card. Uh, this isn't the first fights you show your mother-in-law to try to get her into uh, cage fighting. Um, about as uh, bloody of an event as we've seen in a while. Uh, some badass fights, um, which we'll get into. And a few things to kind of come out of the weekend as well. Uh, one of the main ones that, I, uh, that um, I'm fairly happy to see. I'm a big fan of Paul Felder. And uh, Paul Felder, after the fight night on Saturday, announced that he was retiring. Did it in a pretty formal way. Seems pretty convincing. Um, I, I, I could have swore that, that Felder had kind of um, talked about retiring before. I might be mistaken. But, um, man, I think uh, for, for Felder, I think it's the right call. <clears throat> He's definitely one of those guys that just seems to – you know, found a home as an analyst, doing it really consistently, doing it really well. Um, and, and I just think, uh, and, and where he is in that division, I mean, of course, Paul Felder can go and compete for many more fights. I mean, he knows that. We all know that. Uh, and I would love to watch him fight. I love his style. I love, you know, his... Um, just his toughness and grittiness. Uh, I love I, I love Paul Felder, man. I've watched a, almost all of his fights. Um, but I tip my hat to him for kind of being smart, playing the game right, recognizing uh, what some of his peers have gone through. Um, these were some of the kind of things that he was going over during his, uh, his retirement announcement. Um, but I think it's a good call, man. I think it's a good call. I, I kind of agree with him. I don't know if I believe that Felder would have ever gotten to the, the championship, to being a champion, um, I think he's always going to be a top 10 guy uh, for sure. And, and once he gets to that top five, I mean, it's, it's going to be a long grind for him to get there and if he's ever going to make it. And he's just one of those guys that that's his goal, that's his drive and fire. And <clears throat> if he kind of knows that it's not going to – he's not going to be able to achieve that, then – you know, what was he doing it for, especially whenever he's got um, a lot of great stuff lined up for his, you know, for his career. Um, and I love like his mentality of, you know, I'd rather call it a, a hair too early than too late. And wouldn't we all, you know, wouldn't we all? Everybody talks about that, you know, and I feel like he needs, uh, I think he needs a lot of praise. I think people should, you know, I think fans should make it known or, or, or just the community in MMA um, boxing for that matter, just that mentality, really trying to, really trying to help convince a lot of these guys to, to kind of have that mentality about their career, to think about longevity, think about their, their, uh, you know, their revenue outside of fighting. Um, you know, cause you know, we all hate to see these, these, you know, sad stories about guys going a hair too long or way too long. Um, so I kind of commend him for being, uh, uh, being realistic about his fighting career, um, looking at everything that he's got and, uh, you know, pulling the plug, even if it is a little too early. Um, here's to you, Paul Felder. Have at it, man. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him more as an analyst for probably years to come. So that was a, that was a, 
interesting thing to come out of the weekend, you know, because he's still right, right up there in the mix too. Uh, can definitely command some big fights. Uh, I know. I think maybe RDA and Islam Makayev, a lot of big guys in that division. He's already fought RDA, but um, I know there were a bunch of really good top tier fights lined up for him. Uh, and to walk away from that, I think is uh, you know a, a very mature thing to do to look at his other his other avenues. So pretty interesting there. Sad to see him go, um, but very supportive of his decision. Uh, but man. I mean, the only other things going on still are the Diego and Josh Fabia thing, which I, I just, you know, people won't let it go. And it's just every time I hear about it or see a new thing about Fabia got interviewed and started dogging on Diego and they split their relationship, it just all sads, man. As I, as I've talked about it before. It just makes me sad. It just makes me sad to think about Diego and that situation and, you know, I, there, there's no telling what's been going on over the last couple of years with those two um, and what kind of history and personal moments have been going on. Uh, and it's just it's so dramatic and and just sad. So aside from that, the fights on Saturday night, man, bananas. I love these fights this last week. Um <clears throat> I mean, I mean, just to start off, just I mean, just kind of go through them. The the main ones that were a lot of fun uh, in the undercard or the main event of the undercard, I think um, Ben Rothwell against against Chris Barnett, um, which I was familiar with Chris Barnett. I think I'd seen some highlights of his before. Um, just you know, super interesting guy, like five nine, and that's probably with his shoes on. We'll be honest, uh, super short heavyweight. Um, Probably has to cut. I think he was all of the 265 pounds. Um, probably has to hit the sauna to make weight for heavyweight, and he's only 5'9". So um, super interesting to see him mixing it up, um, you know, in the UFC's heavyweight division. And, you know, and I think they just threw him right to the wolves. I think they they probably were skeptical about his size and were like, well, if he's going to compete, man, if he's going to be – in this division, we need to throw them against like what the UFC has to offer, and all of the top heavyweights are six three, six four, you know, two fifty ish. You know, some of them are bigger, some a little bit smaller, but typically that longer, bigger body style. Um, so I kind of felt like the Ben Rothwell matchup was a was a good um, matchmaking call, just to see how how's he going to deal with one of these bigger-bodied heavyweights in the UFC and a, and a veteran like Ben Rothwell, who's been in 50-something fights, um, has, you know, super, I think, uh, um, not a, a – he's got surprising power. I think uh, it's deceptive kind of thing. Like, when you watch Ben Rothwell throw punches, like, none of them look – he doesn't, he doesn't just show his power, you know. He just seems like he's throwing his punches, you know, nice, short, crisp punches. They don't seem like he's just swinging as hard as he can. But, man, he can put guys' lights out with those punches. So he's got, you know, really deceptive power, you know, super big-bodied guy, um, really skilled on the ground. So I think they just were going to, you know, but he's on the tail end of his career, old veteran, um, still doing the thing. Uh, and I, I think they threw this Chris Barnett guy, um, kind of to the wolves with that one just to see what he could do. You know, he's a really interesting cat, uh, really athletic and coordinated, you know, stuff that you wouldn't expect to see out of him and his body type. Um, throws a shitload of Superman punches, uh, uh, a lot of spinning attacks and, and things like that. 
Um, but pretty interesting fight. I mean, they ga- they both gasped pretty early. You know, I think in the by the end of the first round, early second. Um, I mean, Chris Barnett was was struggling um, with the pace, and I think just Ben Rothwell just uses uses experience and and kind of a veteran mindset to just you know make a couple changes and, and land some big uppercuts on him because he kept being really obvious with ducking his head with his shots and, and leaping into things. And he just kept hitting him with big uppercuts, um, wore him down. And once they got on the ground and he, and he used his size advantage to put in that, that go-go choke or whatever, um, ended up submitting him in the second round. So that was a pretty interesting one. Cause I think that Chris Barnett guy, uh, is an interesting character. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he, uh, what he brings next. Uh, especially, you know, having a um, less than stellar debut. Um, I don't know anything about his contract, if they signed him to multiple fight deal and how much more we'll see of him. Uh, but uh, interesting character, and it was a pretty interesting fight to watch that, watch a guy like Ben Rothwell, who's damn near like he's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, you know, and and all of the weight limit as well against a guy who he was almost like a foot taller than. Uh, really, really interesting fight. And then in the main card, uh, the, one of the fights that I was looking forward to the most um, and, and was a really good matchup was Jack Hermanson uh, against Edmund Shabazian. You know, Shabazian was kind of in a weird position because he has so much hype, such a young, uh, skilled uh, prospect that um, we all know has incredible striking skills, uh, came in with an undefeated record, um, comes out of one of the big, the bigger MMA gyms, super skilled and talented, uh, but got dealt with by Derek Brunson in his last fight, you know, kind of, kind of got controlled on the ground, um, and just kind of got beaten up by, by Derek Brunson. And in that fight, he, he came out really aggressive against Derek Brunson and then started to struggle once Derek was able to kind of time that and, and, and get him on the ground and start you know, wearing on him, uh, putting, dragging him into deep waters and see how he would react, which was not well. And then in this fight, it kind of seemed, I I kept feeling, you know, just me on the, on, on the couch with my hand in my pants, feeling like he should be more aggressive in this fight. Feel like he came out, um, and was a lot more reserved probably because of that Derek Brunson fight. Um, but I feel like he had, he was having a lot of success with his hands. If you would have just let him go, I feel like he would have had a little bit more success, but you know, that's just me. Um, but I think came out really strong, was looking, uh, looking like he had, he was a step ahead of Jack. Um, I really liked what I was seeing. Uh, like I said, I just wish I I was just wishing for a little bit more, um, kind of killer mentality against uh, a guy like Hermanson, but, uh, but after a while, I mean, Jack, I mean, he's been, he's been in, I think a lot, uh, he's been in a lot more fights in the UFC, especially than Shabazian has. Um, he's mixed it up with a lot of those top tier guys. Um, he's, he's crafty on his feet. We all know Jack Hermanson is super skilled on the ground. Um, and I just think he, he just kind of bought his time, you know, made some good decisions, some well-timed decisions and was able to kind of do the same thing later on into the fight is, is, is get, get Shabazian on the ground and beat him up, control him. And once he gets on his back, man, he's, he's a hard time getting up. I mean, he, he has a hard time getting up. So 
that that was and man, I'll tell you what, it, it just shows you that the the durability and the heart of Jack Hermanson, who who was dealing with some adversity, made some adjustments, was able to get on, on his opponent and kind of implement his game plan, and damn near finished Edmund with in the last thirty seconds. I mean, the most the most damage he did was in the last handful of seconds. It just went off on him. Thought he was going to knock him out like right at the bell. Landed some giant shots on Edmund right at the end of the fight. Uh, it, which, you know, caused him, to, he controlled the entire third round and then just demolished him in the last minute, which led to a ten, that 10 8 round. Um, so I think most judges gave Shabazian uh, the, I can't, I think it was the first round and then gave Jack the second and then a 10 8 to Jack in the third. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it just shows, you know, like experience means a lot, you know, and when you get out it, in, in, on the on the stage of the UFC in those bright lights, you know, I think it's uh it's time for for Shabazian to kind of you know drop down a little bit, um, take a step back because they were really pushing him in uh, to the top ten against some of these top guys who have been doing it for a long time, um, and and he's struggling getting up there into the top ten. So I think he needs to take a step back and see uh, let him get some more experience. I mean he's there's there's no counting him out. I mean he's still incredibly skilled and he's only twenty two or something like that. Um, a, a, a bright future ahead of him, uh, but was I, I, you know, would probably say he was getting pushed a little too quick. I mean, he's gotten pretty much dealt with by two top ten guys in a row. Um, so I think he's going to need to take a step back. Uh, I think you know, just get some more experience, get some, you know, get his get his uh, get his momentum back. Uh, just for himself, not like within the 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 marketing scheme of the UFC, but um. Yeah, so pretty pretty interesting. I mean, super super uh, impressed with 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 Hermanson, and uh, you know, just kind of solidified himself as one of those top guys that that he's not gonna um, he's not gonna fall to to somebody coming into the top ten. He's an established guy there, um, deserves to be there, and kind of kind of proved it. Um, super good matchup. I liked the matchup. I liked them giving Edmund a second chance. He showed a lot of promise early on. Um, and and kind of where where Jack was with his last couple of fights as well. I liked it. I, it. It was a good matchup, a really good fight, um, and I, and I liked the result ultimately. So like I said, I'd just like to see Edmund kind of take a step back for a little bit, um, give him somebody a little bit lower. You know, like turn turn it down to a simmer a little bit. You know, the train was a rolling. We just need to slow it down, get a few more wins under the belt, get a little bit more experience, um, maybe some more confidence. Uh, work on getting off his damn back, uh, things like that. But still impressed with still impressed with him, and really looking forward to his future. I think in in two or three years, uh, we'll be we'll be back to talking about how he's a top guy. Um, and for the time being, you know, who's Jack going to get? That middleweight division is pretty locked up right now. There's a bunch of fights going on. He, I mean, in any you know, everybody ahead of him is already matched up. So he there's. A few uh, a few fights there for him to be had uh, probably later in the year, so I'll be looking forward to seeing how uh, how he gets back up there. Um, uh, the other uh, <clears throat> the other fights: uh, Norma Dumont versus Felicia Spencer, hell of a fight. The Ricardo Ramos defeating Bill Algio via unanimous decision, really good fights. But that yeah, these three these three uh, the main three fights. Um, 
the co-main and main, and then this Jared Vandera versus uh, Justin Taffa. God dang, this was a good fight. Um, great, great heavyweight matchup. Uh, Justin Taffa might be one of my new favorite heavyweights. Man, I love the way he was fighting. Uh, even though he 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 was he lost the fight ultimately, uh, but his stock kind of went up in my book. I mean, uh, I, I really love this fight, and, and this was the the beginning of the violence for the night. The beginning of the violence. Um, ultimately, I think Jared Vandera just just stayed one beat ahead of Justin Taffa the whole time. I kind of felt like uh, uh, Taffa was the more dangerous fighter. Um, I, I you know he seems to have have. He seemed to have the power advantage over Vandera, um, but Vandera just was moving, moving, peppering him with shots, just more output. Um, you know, ultimately he got he got that cut on his head, uh, which led to him being completely drenched in blood by the end of the fight. I mean, he's got blood all over his chest; it's all over Taffa. Um, that was kind of the the beginning of the gore to the night. Um, but a really good matchup. You know, I just Taffa could just never find a home for a big shot. Um, and I think was just struggling with with the with the output from um, from Jared Vandera, uh, struggling with kind of the the movement of him as well. Um, could never really just kind of get planted and and slug a little bit to find home for a big shot. Uh, but a really good matchup between those guys. Really good matchup. You know, Jared Vandera he, he looked good. He looked really good, man. Um, and I'm not sure what'll be next for Justin Taffa. Like I said, his his stock was was just fine for me. I mean, I mean, talk about an entertaining fight. I mean that that's that's what we're all here for, right? So I don't think he, uh, I don't think uh, either of those guys' stock is going down too much um, with a win or a loss. Uh, both both um, kind of middle tier heavyweights right now, but I think both of them are gonna their stock is both gonna go both their stocks gonna go up um, coming out of this fight. I think uh, they're both gonna command some pretty pretty fun fights, uh, later on in the year. Definitely worth watching, but man, that was a great, a great slug fest, man. T tons of action, tons of big shots. Um, but definitely agree with, with Vandera just being one step ahead of Justin Taffa with the more output and, uh, just kind of taking, taking away the unanimous decision. Um, and then another, uh, <coughs> another kind of young, um, uh, Hype train kind of getting not necessarily derailed or whatever, but just kind of dealt with <clears throat> Carlos Esparza versus Jan Jaunan. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that, but uh, um, you know Jan had a had a had a bunch of hype coming into this fight. You know, with was with Wei Li uh, being one of the top tier strawweights, um, and this you know Jan being another Chinese female fighter. I mean they. They they're they're really uh, um, a, really a big draw right now, especially for that Asian Asian crowd. I think the UFC UFC's really been expanding into that market and bringing in more Asian and and uh, Southeast Asian and and kind of Himalayan type fighters, uh, and they've really been expanding in that market. I think to compete with One FC, I don't. I don't think a lot of people in the West, especially, you know, in the U S really realize how big one FC is right now within Asia. And I think the UFC is really trying to make some moves, uh, you know, really globalizing. We're seeing a lot more fighters out of Africa. I mean, right now we have three African champions. Uh, we're seeing a lot more fighters out of, uh, out of Asia. Um, 
a few more European fighters. I mean, there, I've seen, there's been a handful of more Spanish fighters, uh, a lot of Eastern Europeans. I mean, it's really growing and they're really, uh, it, you know, really making it known that it is truly a global sport. You know, back in the day, it was always the U.S. and Brazil, U.S. and Brazil. But now, I mean, there are many well-known fighters from all over the globe. <clears throat> and especially, uh, I think they especially are pushing into the Asian market. So anytime they have a really good, big star that's coming out of Asia, I, I, you can really see, really see the push from the UFC. Um not taking away anything from Jan by saying that, uh, but um, she did have a lot of a lot of marketing hype behind her for this fight, um, and she had a lot of promise too. A lot of a lot of really good skills, but I think as we saw in this fight, very lacking in her ground skills. Uh, Carla Esparza just has super crisp, slick wrestling skills, um, and was pretty much able to do whatever she wanted to with Jan on the ground. Was just just used her wrestling single-handedly to dominate that fight, cut her open with an elbow, get her into a crucifix position, and just demolish her. I mean, another super violent finish. Continuing the violence, you know, cutting cutting her open, bleeding everywhere, just smashing her. Uh, just completely demolished, you know, completely dominated that fight, did Carla Esparza. Super impressive victory from her. Um, her, her wrestling just was on point, never out of position, looked super strong, had all the confidence in the world, um, definitely will be commanding a top, top fight um, after this, after that win, for sure. Um, definitely put that whole division on notice with that kind of a victory. Didn't skip a beat beating her. Uh, super impressed with her. Amazing fight. You know, there's not a whole lot more to say. I mean, it was really one-sided. Uh Yan Jiaonan just had had no answer on her back. Had no answer on her back. Um, obviously needs work there. I mean that's that 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 was the that was the the theme of that fight. She, I mean, we've got to see. It's just like seeing um, Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland get exposed to having almost zero ground game against some of the top tier fighters. And nowadays, this new kind of breed of new breed of. Uh, MMA, you you don't see the the one dimensional fighters that we used to see. Not that they're one dimensional, but the ones that really relied on a specific skill set. You know, you weren't gonna see too many like highlight walk off standing KOs from Matt Hughes. I mean, Matt Hughes was a wrestler. He used his wrestling skills to pin you on the ground and beat the shit out of you. And, and you would see you would see guys that were strictly strikers and had almost no no ground game, you know, really kind of spe you know specialist. Um, and they still exist, obviously. But with these nowadays, man, you have to have skills everywhere. I mean, you truly have. There are so many guys like Charles Oliveira, who's just a black belt mixed martial artist. Does not matter where the fight is, is a black belt. Knows where to be. Knows has an answer you know, has experience, knows how to strike, knows how to grapple, knows how to submit people, knows, I mean, everywhere, they know how to transition well. I mean, they're truly mixed martial artists. Um, so whenever you get into this top, this top tier in any division, 
they have, I mean, you cannot have that gaping hole in your, in your game, you know? And, and when Jan has that, that week of a ground game, you know, no offense to her, uh, and you go up against somebody like Carlos Sparza, who just has, you know, an insane level of grappling skill, you're just going to get exposed, you know, you're going to get exposed. Uh, so that's one of those, if she, we'll see what happens with her. I mean, she's still, she's still young, still a, a really great fighter. Um, but you got to patch that hole up, you know, we, we've got to see you be able to get off your back. You'd be able to, to, you know, retain, you know, get your opponent in your guard or, you know, get under hooks and get up like something, something, you know, we got to see it. Uh, if not, you know, that's what, that's, what's got to happen for you to break into that top tier. So overall, really impressed with Carlos Barza. Um, but yeah, the, the, the main event, man, Rob Font versus Gody Garbrandt. I'll tell you what, I feel like I'm the only person that I, I, I want to be, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with everybody throwing around the, the, domination that Rob Font dominated Cody Garbrandt. He definitely won. We all know that. He was one he was always a step ahead with Cody. Man, those guys out of that New England cartel, their boxing, just their MMA boxing, really traditional boxing skill set is just so crisp. Him and Calvin Cater, I mean, their boxing is just on another level. Um, and it's really fun to see uh, because there's a lot of guys, you know, you see a, a lot of guys nowadays really kind of emulating the sideways um, kind of stance, uh, more of a karate stance, similar to like Wonder Boy or McGregor. A lot of people like to emulate Conor McGregor style. But that's a really wide stance, bouncing in and out, uh, uh, like a Taekwondo karate style of a stance, um, really blitzing, you know, gives them a lot of speed and stuff. But these guys just to have that, obviously crisp traditional boxing um as their striking base you know it's just really great to see um and then you see things like what you know rob font's jab that's that's that was the story of the fight that's the headlines everywhere you see um was just him utilizing his jab um just a, a perfect tradition i mean teddy atlas would be proud you know you're not loading up you're not telegraphing he wasn't telegraphing anything sharp snappy popping that jab in there and just peppering him with it all night um but in my mind i feel like cody garbrandt's stock went up uh i think he's been kind of in a position over the last year or so since the dillashaw fights um his chin's been coming into question a lot uh and, and, and this is another thing that I feel like a lot of people don't really give a whole lot of credit to is that Cody, I mean, his, his record is only 12 and 12 and three, 11, 10 and three or something like that. I mean, he's got way less fights than, than I would expect. I forget how few fights he, I mean, he came into the UFC, I think with only, you know, six or seven wins or something like that. Um, but still just does not have an insane amount of fights. Uh, which doesn't really mean anything. I'm just bringing that up. But um, I think a lot of people were kind of calling into question his chin, uh, kind of calling into question really his ability to stay there at the top as a champion. Um, and he came out, I thought Cody, lo I thought he looked uh, as good as he ever really does, you know, and, and I mean, I mean, he's one of the fastest guys in that division. I mean, all the guys, all the bantamweights and featherweights, they're all pretty fast. But, I mean, he is just super slick. Everything's quick, fast, snappy. 
Um, I thought he looked great. And one thing that I don't feel like anybody gives Cody Garbrandt credit for is his wrestling, man. His wrestling, whenever he was able to implement it against Rob Font, man, looked amazing. I mean, his timing, his positioning, uh, like just his takedowns, I thought looked amazing. His wrestling, super underrated, looked on point on Saturday night. But ultimately just wasn't able to to implement it in the way that Carlos Barza was able to. Um, couldn't keep Rob Font down for all that long. Uh, wanted to kind of keep it on the feet. But I think, I thought he looked great. I thought he looked great. And just to be able to go out there and prove that, I mean, he was taking some bombs from Rob Font. I mean, throughout the night, Rob was just hitting him with that jab, hitting him with that jab, which we wouldn't really expect to, to cause a knockout. But he also hit him with some really big power shots. Um, but Cody was able to weather every single one of those. Looked in deep trouble, you know, earlier in the fight where I, I'm sure a lot of people thought he was going to get finished in probably the third, um, but was able to weather that and never looked out of the fight. That's where I kind of take, um, uh, that's where I kind of disagree with a lot of people. Um, saying that he was dominated because I don't I don't feel like Cody Garbrandt was ever completely out of the fight. I don't think that Rob Font was ever completely out of danger. Um, I mean, if if Cody could have found a home for a big shot in the fourth or fifth, I feel like it would have it, it would have stumbled. It, it was it was dangerous for Rob Font. I mean, Cody wasn't. I mean, his power wasn't gone. His speed wasn't really gone. He was getting outboxed. He was getting rocked pretty good. But his speed was there. His power was there. Obviously, I mean, his, his stamina was still there. Uh, I, I just, I saw, too, I saw too many things coming from Cody that, that made me believe that, that he was still in, in a good position to maybe land a, a fight-changing blow. Um, and if that's the case, I don't really find it dominating. Uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was close. Like in the fight, when the fight is happening and it's going back and forth, or you're 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 reading the momentum, you're 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 seeing the damage that's being done, and, and you feel like it was a pretty close matchup, but one fighter was just, you know, one beat ahead of the other and he wins the round. And if every fight, every round is like that, where he's up, oh, oh, it was really close. He's just one beat ahead. He wins the second round. And yeah, if he does that the entire fight on paper, he wins five rounds to none. It does. It is dominating. You know, he technically did dominate the fight because he won. I think on two scorecards, fifty to forty-five. So Cody didn't win a round on those scorecards. So technically, it is dominating. But when you really look at the fight. It's a lot closer than that. In my opinion, that's just coming from me. I'm not I'm not speaking for anybody else there. But I, I see fights like that a lot where it's a lot closer than people want to make it out to be. I do believe that Font won that fight handily. I think he, he clearly won the fight. He was clearly getting the better of Cody. You know, the few big shots that Cody was able to land on Rob didn't do shit. I mean... He didn't even he didn't even budge. I mean, it didn't it didn't do anything. He didn't lose a beat, man. Uh, which I think is a testament to Rob Font. That dude is tough. His his striking is super super elite. Um, conditioning on point. I mean, he 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 was never fading at all through the entire five round fight. Incredibly impressed with him, man. Um, 
which which we all I mean I talked about in the last podcast but I mean I knew this fight could go anyway I mean people were acting like I mean some people would act like one person was a clear obvious winner um, and I think you saw that it was a very good matchup for sure a good matchup we we got to see wrestling we got to see you know Rob Font's boxing you know take control we got to see the momentum kind of change and shift um, I don't believe that that Cody lost all five rounds. I can't remember if it was, I think it was the second round that I, that I thought Cody won. I'd have to go back again, but, uh, but man, I, it was just another one of those where to me, if you look at the landscape of, of MMA right now, of that division of kind of what was going on with Cody, um, yeah, he, he lost the fight. Yeah. He was, fairly dominated by Rob Font, but to me, I thought his stock went up. I think he had some things to prove in that fight, and I think he proved them. Um, I think he looked, I think he looked really good. Um, I think the, the, the questions about his chin, being able to take a shot, uh, and, and man, we, I was worried. I was worried a few times in that fight that he was going to get, he, I mean, he was, he was hurt bad, but just to show, his, I think it's just a testament to his conditioning and, his, and you know, probably his training camp, how he came into that fight and how he was able to absorb absorb those blows and keep fighting um, and how much damage he was taking, how good his conditioning looked at the end of the fight. Um, to me, I, I just felt like, you know, I, 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 it was hard for me to say that he was dominated, uh, even though I totally understand. You know, these are all semantics here, but, yeah, that's what we're doing. So... Aside from that, and, and and yet again, just violent, just violent fight, back and forth, battering each other, good matchup. I mean, a hell of a fight night. For an ESPN card, man, last night was one of those that I think probably did pretty well. I didn't look up to see, like, kind of what the ratings were like. You know, usually uh, usually Cody can draw is a pretty good draw. Um, but, man, if, if people miss la- that Saturday night's card, you missed out. There was some fun fun action on that fight on that fight night um and a lot to look forward to from a bunch of these guys uh it was a good mix up of divisions and weight classes uh so so I really enjoyed that I'm happy for Paul Felder um and yeah we got a weekend off this week uh I don't think I don't, we don't have any fights uh coming up this next weekend uh last weekend in May being Memorial Day but first week in June we'll be back um but yeah We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. I'll talk to you then.